Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. relationship series called All the Feels. We've been trying to cover the wide gamut of relationships and not just relationships, but romantic relationships, right? And so if you're at home watching, you're tuning in um, because there's overcast, you're like, forget it. I'm just sleeping in. Um, We're glad that you're tuning in. We're glad that you're here. Um, But if you've missed any of this series, I would really encourage you go back, watch one of the messages that you missed, because I really, truly believe It will help you. Um, uh, As we get into this message, I want to talk to you about happily ever after. Happily ever after today. And um, you know this scripture. I know this scripture. It's been our memory verse for the month, right? Remember going to church and when you were little and you'd be given a memory verse. It's Proverbs 4.23. And it says this, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Right? This, this is a, a verse that we've been trying to encourage you uh, to, to memorize, but more than even memorizing, applying this. Guard your heart, guard your inner thoughts, your inner feelings above everything else because it determines the rest of your life. It determines the course of your life. Why? Because we are emotional beings. We are emotional people. And so when we say all the feels, we understand because most of us, we lead our relationships based on all the feels and how we're feeling and how it's going. And if we feel good, our relationship's good. If we feel bad, our relationship's bad. And this is saying this, there's there's a better way to do this life. There's a better way to live your life than just based on feelings. Guard your feelings. Carefully watch over your feelings because as your feelings go, if we're not wise, if we're not careful, that's how our life goes. When I say happily ever after, most of us think of the fairy tale and rightfully so because the fairy tale is the happily ever after is the tagline at the end, meaning that there is a happy ending. And I think if we were to poll everybody, whether you're dating, whether you're engaged or you're newly married or you've been married for over 30, over 40 years, I don't know. But but our goal would be that we would have a relationship with our spouse. We would have a marriage that is happily ever after, that, that it ends with happiness. And what I have discovered is this, just because you get old doesn't mean you grow happy. Just because you get old doesn't mean you grow happy. Um, You may be celebrating 50 years of anniversary bliss, um, but I've seen couples that hate each other. You know, they were just too stubborn to do anything else. And they, like, Papa's sitting over here and Nana's sitting over here, and they're like, I hate that woman, you know? And I hate that man. Um, And and you're like, man, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that couple. I want to be the the, you know, 80 years old people that can't keep their hands off each other, right? Like that's, that's what I'm talking about, right? Um, and so how do you have that? All the guys just tuned in like hands all over each other. I'm in, um, I'm, I'm zoned in, I'm focused in. I've heard nothing else, but you got my attention. Um, how, how do you have this kind of relationship? It doesn't mean that it's free of problems. It doesn't mean that it's free of any issues. It just means Man, you've watched over your feelings, you've watched over your hearts, 
And you know what? You, you decided this is going to be a happily ever after thing. What, what I have discovered is this. Happily ever after is never a destination that you get to. It's a journey you take. And some of us, we're waiting to be happily ever after when we get to this phase or we get through this phase or we get through this season of life or we get through this season of life. And as you keep pushing off that happily ever after and you don't just choose to, man, we're going to make the best of it where we are, you make happy ever after. You make happiness and this joy a destination instead of a choice and a journey that you take together as a couple. So as we dive into this message, I, I, I polled several couples um, in our church that had been married over 30 years and said, hey, what's the secret sauce, right? Like, what's the secret to, to the happiness? And, and, and I, I, I polled people I knew actually still loved each other, right? Like, I was like, okay, I wouldn't mind being like you. I wouldn't mind having a marriage like you. And, and so if you didn't get polled, it's not me judging your marriage. I just, I only have so much time, right? You're like, well, why didn't he call me? Like, do I need to know something? There's no drama here. But, but here's the secret sauce to, to several couples. And what's crazy is that they Things they gave me were almost all identical. Um, the three points that we're going to talk about, we've got communion at the end of service, so don't leave early. I'm going to have to try to fly through this because if you were here before uh, uh, second service, you were like, how long is Justin going to preach today? Um, is, is This is such, such good stuff that these couples shared, um, but it's really, really hard. It's something that you're not going to feel like doing but you've got to choose to do. The first one is this. You've got to learn to forgive quickly and completely. As a married couple, you've got to learn to forgive quickly and completely. Uh, let, me, let me talk to all of our newlyweds for a second. Um, as as goo-goo-eyed as you are, let me, let me tell you something eventually your spouse is going to make you mad. No, I'm telling you, it's true. I know it's a shocker, um, but they are going to do something that's going to hurt your feelings. It's going to make you mad, um, but you're like, man, we're a weekend, and I don't believe you. You're a liar. Um, just keep living. That's all I would say is just keep living. Here, here's a great story. Police got an unexpected two-for-one. When they were called to check up on an elderly woman neighbors hadn't seen in a while and found a pair of bodies. One warm and one very cold. Cops in Utah doing a welfare check on Jeannie Mathers found the 70-year-old woman dead in her apartment where they also discovered her husband's corpse in a freezer. The man's body, the officials, authorities believe, has been kept on ice for 11 years. Um, let's go back to our point. Forgive quickly and completely. <laughs> Right? Like she was holding on to something that was happening on. And here's the deal. For unforgiveness is something that we hoard and we hold on to. Right? Let's be honest. Unforgiveness is something that we hoard and we hold on to because forgiveness is something you and I never want to do because it means that the person I am having to forgive did something they need forgiveness of. And if we were to be truthful here, it is probably easier to forgive anybody in your life than it is your spouse. And the reason I say that is because with your spouse, you're the most vulnerable. You're the most real. They know you the best. Hopefully, they know you the best. It's raw. And so when something happens, when something goes on, man, it's like, oh, it, it hits deep and it hurts deep. And you're just 
oh, it, it's hard. And, and the, 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 the big purpose, the big thing, the big challenge for you and me today is this, is that you and I aren't just called to eventually forgive, but we're called to forgive quickly and completely. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14 says this. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even tempered, content with second place. I still struggle with that. Um, I just, man, doesn't apply in games. Um, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. What I've discovered is that you can't put on love while you're wearing unforgiveness. You can't put on love. It's like trying to put your sweatpants on, guys, when you still have your tennis shoes on because you're trying to save time and you're just going left and right because you just take the shoes off, right? You're going to break your hip. Um, you're going to throw a hip, especially if you're over 40 like my hip. Um, here's the deal. You can't put love on and you can't forgive completely and quickly if you're hoarding unforgiveness. If you're holding on, because I don't feel like, you're never going to come to a place where you feel like it, but if your marriage is going to be happily ever after, you've got to learn to forgive quickly and completely. Let's touch on that first part, forgive quickly. I have never found someone who likes to forgive. I've never found someone who's like, yes, I get to forgive this person today. It's my favorite thing to do. No, 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 because it's hard. And here's what we do. We hold on to unforgiveness. And what happens is that we hold the relationship hostage. If your relationship seems dead right now in your marriage, there's a big chance that there's unforgiveness somewhere in there. Someone hasn't forgiven quickly. There's a lot of things I hate doing that I know are a benefit to me. There are a lot of things I don't like doing that I know I should do and I do because it brings a benefit to my life. Some of the things, not all because we don't have time, some of the things are this that I know are good for me, but I hate doing. Number one, flossing. I hate flossing. Um, I do it. Some of you are like, please tell me you do it. I floss. Um, but I hate it. I get slobber all over my fingers and don't tell me the toothpick things because those are even more annoying. Um, I, I just, I hate flossing. Second thing I hate, I hate trimming my toenails. I do it. Um, I don't want to be dumb and dumber, um, but I do it, right? Thank God. Um, but, but it's just awkward to bend over and cut your toenails and I swear they're going to pop up and cut my eye. Um, I'm just like, how'd you, how'd you cut your eye, toenail? Um, that's gross. I think that's how you get pink eye. I'm not sure. Um, but Number three, I hate eating healthy food. I would rather have pizza and Twinkies and cupcakes and cookies every day, all day, pasta, Mexican food with queso. But you know what? I eat a lot of kale. I don't eat a lot of kale. I just lied. I eat a lot of spinach now. Um, if you eat kale, there's something wrong with you. Um, but it's not at the marriage supper of the lamb, I promise. Anyways, um, I, I, I do it but I don't like it. I don't like going the speed limit and wearing my seatbelt. I want to be like a dog and hang my head out the window and drive as fast as I want. I do it. Why? Because it's a benefit to me. I hate shaving. I don't like it. And here's the big one that some of you are like, what? I knew there was something wrong with you. I hate sleeping. I hate it. I am like a toddler. I know. 
Um, I wish I just had to take like a 30-second, 30 30-minute 30 power nap every week, and I would be good, because I like living life. I like laughing. I like just going. I feel like I'm missing something when I'm asleep. Here's the reality. I understand that all that is good for me. I may not like it, but I choose it. And forgiveness is the same thing. And the reality is this. When you don't extend forgiveness quickly, you allow unforgiveness to set. And the longer you wait to give forgiveness, the harder it is to give it. The longer you wait to give forgiveness, the harder it is to give. Some of you in your relationships, you're mad and you have unforgiveness and it's been so long that it's really hard for you to even describe it of why you're still mad. And if you were, if you were to say it out loud, the reason you don't talk about it is because you realize it's ridiculous, but you've been holding on to it for so long because you're so stubborn that now I can't tell anybody about it because I realize it's foolish, but I can't let it go. Hear me, give forgiveness. You're not going to feel like it, but give it away completely. Second thing is give it away completely. Give it away completely. Adam and Faith, they're, 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 their story that they, they shared, man, what an awesome testimony of what it is to forgive completely. If you are saying stuff like this, well, the only reason I did this is because you did that, you have not forgiven completely. If you're looking for ways to get back at your spouse or you're looking for ways to get back at your fiance, you have not forgiven Completely. We talked about this last week, but 1 Corinthians 13 out of the message translation says this, that love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. It doesn't say, well, you always and I never. Forgiveness loses count instead of keeping score. And if you don't forgive completely, that forgiveness, unforgiveness is going to turn into something because unforgiveness always does. Unforgiveness doesn't stand forgiveness. It turns to anger. It turns to bitterness. It turns to resentment. It turns to hate. It always turns into something. I'm a big walking the dead guy. Um, I love walking the dead. Walking the, the, the walking dead. Um, I love walking the dead. Um, that's weird. Um, what? Come on. It's really hard. Um, it's more like dragging, but it's really hard. Um, I, love, I love the walking dead. I like zombie stuff. Um, and here's, if you've never watched it, I'm going to educate you right now, um, is this, is that every person in The Walking Dead, when they die, whether it's from natural causes or it's from being shot, it's a great wholesome show, um, that they turn into a zombie unless you stab them in the brain. I know, great wholesome talk right now. Um, you've got to cut off the source of the issue, right? Or they turn into something. Can I tell you, unforgiveness becomes a zombie to your marriage. It always turns into something worse. And it is your job and it is your responsibility as a follower of Christ to grow up, to put away childish things and the way that you reason, the way that you thought, and, and following your heart and your feelings. But my feelings got hurt. I get it. Hear me. Your spouse is going to hurt your feelings. It's going to happen whether they meant to or it was unintentional. Your job is to address the unforgiveness and to address it completely before it turns into something Else. You want to know how to live happily ever after? You want to know how to make it for years and years and years? You learn to forgive quickly and completely. The second thing is this. You learn to communicate effectively, consistently, and about all the things. 
You learn to communicate. All the guys are like, when are we getting to the parts of how do I keep her hands off me? You learn to communicate <laughs> effectively, consistently, and about all the things. Uh, we've got a family and family friends, and I call them more family, the Halls, uh, Randy and Candy and Russell and Crystal that are here, and they're like second family to us. And they, they send me funny memes all the time. And they sent me this that works perfect. It said, my wife just stopped and said, you weren't even listening, were you? And I thought, that's a pretty weird way to start a conversation. Um, <laughs> you've done it. You know you have. For those of you who don't want Alexa listening in on your conversations, they're making a male version and it doesn't listen to anything. Um, here's the reality. Communication, communication is key to you living happily ever after marriage. And this could be a whole message by itself. But, but here's where most of us are when it comes to our communicating. It's found in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2 and 13. It says this, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to hear their own opinions. Verse 13, Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. And here's what I would say. Emotional-led people, when you are led by all the feels and all the feelings... This is usually how we communicate. How we feel is how we talk. How we feel is based on the level of our communication. And what I mean by that is the noise of our community. Just because you are louder than your spouse doesn't mean you're right. Just because, and my big thing is, so, so total, total transparency here, right? I'm not a yeller, but if I get one good point, which doesn't happen a lot unless I'm speaking on Sunday, um, but me and Casey are having a discussion, I've got, I've got a good point, I just keep repeating it. Like, I'm like, but this, but this, but this. That doesn't make me right, right? That may be a great way to make her mad, but that doesn't make me right. Here's the deal, is that most of us are more interested in airing our opinions than really getting understanding about the situation and there can't be communication as long as you are emotionally communicating because most of us when we are emotionally communicating we are not being wise in our communication and this is great in every relationship that is tied to your life Parents, a lot of times we just jump to the assumption and we assume the worst instead of giving the benefit of the doubt. And that's a whole message and a whole point I wanted to preach, but I don't have time. We assume the worst instead of giving the benefit of the doubt to our kids. And we just jump in and attack instead of getting understanding about the situation. We do it with our spouse. We do it with our friends. And the Bible says this, that if you're really going to communicate, if you're not going to be led and be an emotional communicator, stop. Get the facts. Listen, Linda. Listen. Listen. <laughs> right? Listen and get understanding before you speak. Did you know, and you, you know this, you just probably haven't thought about this, that the words listen and silent contain the same letters? Right? Listen and silent contain the same letters. Some of you are like, wait a second, you're spelling it right now. Like, yeah, it does. It does. Um, and, and you can't listen as long as you're being loud. But here's the deal, and it's about to get a little tense here. Some of you, and ladies, I'm going to pick on you for just a second. Some of you, you're dominating the conversation so much. You're talking so much 
that you're never, you're never communicating about anything. And so we shut down because we can't get a word in. And our, our, you're like, well, I don't understand why my husband never talks because you never take a breath. <laughs> right? Like, let's just be honest. And so we talk about life, but we never really talk about living. We never really talk about the real things. We don't talk about our dreams. We don't talk about what was good, what was bad. We just talk, you know what I saw on TV today? And we just talk and we talk and we talk. And, and hear me, if there's going to be good communication, it can't just be you talking and your spouse listening all the time. It's got to be you both decide to listen and you both decide to communicate effectively, consistently, and about all the things. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 through 15 says this. Then it's talking about unity of the body of Christ in this. Paul's talking about, man, not getting uh, uh, torn apart by false teaching, um, but, but staying unified. And it says this, then there will no longer be, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. And for a lot of us, I think there's a lot of marriage advice we're getting that is very accurate in those scriptures. We're hearing culture says this and culture says that, and it may sound good and it may sound like the truth, but it's not true. Verse 15, instead, we will speak the truth in love. What happens? We grow in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And here's the question to you and me. Do you have courageous conversations when it comes to your spouse? When it comes to your fiance, when it comes to your boyfriend, when it comes to your girlfriend, are you willing to have brave conversations? Love what the Bible says in Proverbs 12, verse 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Are your words bringing healing? Are you having conversations that, that are spoke? You're speaking the truth. But you're not just speaking truth to speak truth because truth on its own is harsh, but love on its own is sloppy, right? You're speaking the truth with love so that it brings healing to your relationship. There's going to be moments, every couple in here, you're going to have to have conversations that are difficult and uncomfortable. Casey calls these Justin conversations. She calls them Justin talks. Oh, we're having another Justin talk, right? Um, because I lean into uncomfortable situations. Um, and here's the deal. I understand if things are going to stay good for Casey and I, we, and she knows this too, we are going to have to have conversations about everything because here's what happens. Many of us, we come into our marriage in different phases and different stages. We have different expectations, but where the breakdown happens, it isn't bad that you have expectations. You never communicate those expectations. And when you don't communicate those expectations, you've got this communication here and your spouse comes in here. Because uncommunicated expectations are unrealistic expectations, right? Your spouse is never going to meet you here because they don't know it because you've never communicated. Hear me, spouses, you're going to have to have communication that's consistent, that's effective, and you talk about all the things, everything. Like you're talking about not just money, you're talking about bills and how you're spending money. You're talking about expectations. You're talking, I've got small ones in here. You're talking about things within the bedroom. 
You're talking, you're saying, you're talking about all the things. Because it can't say, and here's the deal. Guys, when your wife has the courage to have conversations and she speaks the truth in love, you can't shut down. Right? That's what we do. Nothing's ever good enough. Right? You feel attacked. You shut down. You put this shield up. Why? Because it hurts. Hear me. Your wife has the courage to have a brave, truthful conversation in love. You can't shut down. You can't give her the silent treatment. But can I tell you, you got to man up and lean in. Right? If things are going to get better, you got to have hard conversations. You are not going to hit it out of the park every day, every week, every... There's going to be conversations where you're just like, man, I had no idea. Thank you for telling me. I suck. Right? Like, you're going to have, you're going to, have to have... And you can't be like, my mama never talked to me that way. Stop being a mama's boy and lean in. Ladies, hear me. If your husband, and husbands, hear me, timing's everything. Timing's everything. <laughs> when you have the ability to have a hard conversation and tell the truth in love, it's going to get a little weird. And your husband talks to you, ladies, you can't lose it emotionally. You can't, you can't break down crying every time because here's what happens. Let me, let me tell you what happens. Your husband shuts down because the last thing he wants to do is hurt you. And what has happened indirectly, and you don't mean to, but this is what happens. You have inadvertently manipulated the relationship because now your husband can never tell you truth in kindness. He can never talk to you about hard things because he knows the result is that you're just going to cry and you're going to make him feel bad for the next two weeks. And so nothing gets better because we're letting our emotions lead the way. It doesn't mean that you can't cry, okay? You're like, man, you are a heartless monster up there, right? But it means that through the tears, you're like, hey, I know I'm crying, and this is not your fault. I need to hear this. Keep talking. Because if we're going to get to this place where we're happily ever after, it doesn't just happen. You've got to learn to communicate. And some of you... You need to go home and have a Justin talk. You need to go home and have some discussions, and it's a give and take. You're listening and you're talking. Man, learn. If you're going to live happily ever after, learn to communicate effectively. One talk won't do it. Don't just talk at it. Talk through it. One talk isn't going to fix it, right? You're going to have to keep consistently, effectively, and about all the things. The third thing is this. is You've got to learn staying connected means you keep pursuing, which means you keep dating. If you are an older couple in here, this is such a great point. Because I see so many couples that they just lose it after the kids leave. Second highest rate of divorce is empty nesters. Why? Because this point wasn't a reality when the kids were there. Staying connected, it means you keep pursuing one another, which means, guys, this is on you. This is not the Sadie Hawkins dance where the girl asks the boy, you keep dating your wife. You keep dating your spouse. Proverbs 18.22 says this, a man's greatest treasure is his wife. She is a gift from the Lord. Some of you are like, I got ripped off, um, but I'm just, I'm telling you what this says. 
I want another treasure. Um, I, I'm just letting you know what the Bible says. Proverbs 31.10 says this almost identical thing, that a, a wife is a man's greatest treasure. Here's the crazy thing about treasure. We don't have a treasure chest now, right? We don't have like a box of rubies and gold. If you do, we need to become friends. Um, but we don't have this treasure chest. You know where our treasure is? It's in a bank. It's in a bank account. It's in a, it's in a retirement investment. And what do you and I do? We look, hopefully you look a couple times a week and you're like, okay, here's our balance. We're doing okay. You know, you're looking at your retirement. You're looking, okay, we're still investing. We're still doing this, you know. Why? Because it's something that you value. And what you value and what is important to you, you inspect and you protect. And what's crazy is that most of us are investing and protecting and looking and inspecting our 401ks and our bank accounts more than we are our relationship with our spouse. And you would, you would say, and I would say, man, my spouse is way more important than my money, but your actions say something else. How is your relationship? How are you doing at pursuing one another and staying connected with one another? Because the simple fact is this. Marriages and spouses, the natural tendency for us is that we actually drift apart, right? You're dating in college, and man, you're here, and you don't have a job, and they don't have a job, and it's romance over ramen, right? It's just fantastic, and you guys are going and going and going, and then you guys get jobs, and you guys kind of go like this. Why? Because now you're apart from each other, and you're trying to figure out this job thing, and you kind of get your job thing figured out, and you kind of come back here. And, and, and all of a sudden, you're, you're figured out this job thing and time and friends and balancing finances and all this stuff. And then you have kids and you go way out this way, right? It's just like, whoop. Um, and, and what do you do? What happens for a lot of us is we let the kids become a priority over our spouse. And every couple that submitted this, this is what they said. Your spouse has to be a priority over your kids. You may fight, but I don't like that point. Hear me. You may not like it, but it doesn't make it any less true. Because what's the alternative to it? Your spouse feels like your kids are more important than them? Well, now you've got a dysfunctional relationship in marriage. Right? Your, your spouse has to stay the priority. Because otherwise, you're just going to drift apart. So men, we have to be purposeful and pursuing our wives. We have to be purposeful in engaging into their world. This is something that we constantly have to do. When Casey and I got married and we were 20, our interests were something completely different than they are now. And so we have had to learn to get into each other's world and to find things that we are interested together as a couple. For instance, even when it comes to TV, I know so many couples, they go to the bedroom and they stay in the living room and they don't talk because they don't like watching the same thing. So that instead of fighting them, you just do your thing and I'm going to do my thing. And blah, 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 blah. Casey loves baking shows and I would rather stab my eyes out than watch another cupcake war. I would, I'm like... You're making me eat healthy. I don't even get to eat what I'm seeing. This is total yes. I don't, I don't care who can bake what in so many seconds and minutes. I don't care because I'm never going to get to eat it. I could care less, right? She does not like The Walking Dead. 
I'm like, but Casey, you should see these zombies. Like, it's really good to prep us for what's coming. No, no. It doesn't work. And so we have had, and this sounds so simple, but we have found TV shows that we like to watch together. So instead of this making, because everything, everything makes you want to go like this. You know what? The trips we take now aren't the same trips we took when we were 20 because our interests have changed. And mom and dad, it's, it's not just okay. It's great for the two of you to get away without the kids. Yes, amen. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's okay to go someplace besides Disney World or Disneyland, and it'll be a lot cheaper. I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot, but you've got to learn to stay connected. You've got to learn to change, and, and here's the pushback I get, and I've got I've to shut it down. Well, Justin, we don't have the money and we don't have the time to go on dates. We don't have money to pay a babysitter and we just don't have time in our schedule. It's amazing that we say that now, but when our marriage hits our crisis point and our spouse is about to leave us, we find time and we find money to pay a counselor. And this is not a knock on counseling because I believe in counseling. We do pre-marriage counseling. I believe in counselors to my heart. This is a knock on you, dad. This is a knock on you, men. I'm just going to call it the way I see it. You can't afford not to be able to pay a babysitter. You can't afford to not find the time for your spouse to invest in and to stay connected in. Because I can tell you this, I may not be any mathematician, but I know a babysitter is a lot cheaper than a divorce. A babysitter, can I tell you, she didn't, she didn't need you to take her to Prime or Mahogany's or these, she just wants to spend time with you. Go walk around the gathering place. That's free and it's awesome, right? Go take a picnic lunch somewhere. Like, go, go do something. But you can't afford not to keep engaging your wife. If she truly is the treasure of your life, man, you value it and you protect it and you inspect so I close, here's the, here's the charge to us as men. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. I love this. Seek the highest good for her and surround her with caring, unselfish love, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, you want to be the leader, and I believe God's called us to be the leaders of our families and our marriage. This is the instruction. This is the how-to map. And I could dive into this longer, but we don't have the time. You want to live happily ever after? A great starting place is choose to do these three things. Choose your way through them because you'll never feel your way through them. Choose it and watch what happens. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, for every relationship that is here, for every relationship that is going to be birthed, for those that are single, for those that are dating, engaged, wherever, wherever we are. God, I pray that these three things, these three staples, would be a reality in our relationships. That, God, we would not excuse ourselves from them just because it's hard to hear, but, Lord, that we would lean into it today. Because the things I need to hear are often the hard things that I don't want to hear. But Lord, it brings change. 
and it makes us better and it makes us more like you and when we become more like you life is always better or it's simply true when we become more like you life is always better so God I pray for every marriage in this place that it would become more like Christ for every husband for every wife that we would become more like you and that God we would not just have the information but Lord that information plus application of your word equals transformation to our lives to our relationships and to our situation so Lord I pray today that we would be doers of your word and that you would allow every relationship every marriage to choose its destination to choose to guard its heart and to choose to follow your will and your purpose and that you would lead them to this happily ever after life. Today, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here and where I am in my relationship with Jesus Christ isn't where I need to be. As you talked about drifting away, man, I've I've drifted away. I've just fallen away from who I know God is calling me to be. Today you may be here and maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior of your life or you're just here and you need to come back home and you need to stop drifting and you need to come back to relationship and be who God's called you to be. When I count to three, if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer to change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here? Yeah, there's one, there's two, there's three. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further. Yeah, there's four. Is there anyone else? You join these four hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. You say, Justin, that's me. Man, there's just a change that needs to happen because somewhere, man, I just drifted. And you join these four hands that are lifted. Is there anyone else? Before we go any further, there's one other hand. Is there anyone else? You join these five hands that are lifted before we go any further. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me. I mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And God, I confess that I have sinned, that I've messed up, and I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv.